Yo, and welcome to a special post-game deconstruction episode of the Two for One podcast, which is back after a, a good long hiatus of not too much to talk about. But holy crap, do we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, let's get right into it. Sean, I was talking about pace and how it felt like this team has really started to you know, push the ball further down the court and faster, but you immediately caveated with it with, yeah, it might look like pace, but there's also some other things going on too. What's some of the stuff you're noticing about watching this team right off the of jump street? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to be hard to sustain that pace. I, I think it's unrealistic. Um, I, I do think Kyle obviously is going to impact the way that we play. It's going to be quicker than we did before. But I think it's more opportunistic than something that's going to happen every possession. You know, you're, they're not going to try to run up and down the floor. Um, I, I think you saw tonight, and I think we heard about this in the scrimmage that, you know, Kyle has a high basketball IQ. He has great vision. He looks up the floor. Um, he is pitching ahead, especially when it's Bam, Jimmy, um, you know, anyone that's athletic can go out there and get it. Um, so you see those opportunities there that, that Kyle presents that maybe we didn't have before. Um, but even when it's not pitching ahead for layups, pitching ahead to the wing, whether it's Duncan Tyler, all those different guys, and you're putting pressure on the defense immediately. And so, you know, then when we got it down there, then we also saw ball movement. And we haven't seen that in, in basically two years since that, that bubble run team was very good at moving the ball. So. It's, it's not necessarily just about getting up and down the floor. It's also the ball movement that I think is going to be even more critical. Yeah, and, and preseason is literally basketball to practice points of emphasis, right? So if the point of emphasis is pace and pushing the ball down the court, getting into your sets early, we're going to see a lot of that. It might not transition as heavy into the regular season. But I, I think the, the back half of that is pretty interesting. We're getting into sets quick. And we're starting to get there sometimes when the ball's crossing over half court. And that's a whole different look that we haven't seen from them. Yeah, and I think that's exactly that semi-transition, that early offense where it doesn't have to be Kyle. That's the other interesting thing about this is that we, we knew we had a point guard and we were excited about that. But not only do we have a point guard, but we also know we have guys like Jimmy and Bam Tyler tonight handled the ball a lot. Gabe even looked good when he came off the bench. So you have other guys that can rebound an outlet to, or in, in the case of Bam especially, rebound and go, or Jimmy rebound and go. And it allows the ball to get up the floor quicker. And, and like you said, pitching ahead and getting the ball to the wing. And right there, we were attacking, throwing the ball inside sometimes. They were attacking if they had a mismatch. It's... It's nice to see because it seemed like it was always so hard. It was like we were trying to fight through traffic to get into offense sometimes. And now it seems like we have an option in early offense. Then we can go to our action secondly. And it, it really feels like the first eight guys off the bench are all uh, just on top of their game when it comes to floor mapping. The cutting that was happening off ball tonight and the ability to find players in tight windows and the spacing that we were seeing from Bam utilizing baseline to high post and positioning himself when he was off ball. It, it just feels like this team not only is going to be, you know, extremely ball friendly passing and, and get creating open shots, but they're also just going to know what they're doing on both ends of the court. 
having that older squad helps that way, right? Like being able to not turn the ball over on risky passes and having someone who can create um, an extra drop-off pass or an extra, like just a chess pass around the perimeter. That, I, I don't understand what we were watching last year after seeing one preseason game, but watching this ball movement and the positioning and, and the way that things are flying around, it's a breeze. I, it's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we don't want to overreact too much to one preseason game. I think mm-hmm. we all get that, you know, had we been on the other side of this and gotten just whooped, we wouldn't overreact either. Uh, actually we would, but we, we shouldn't overreact in the opposite way. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where we we clicked on almost everything tonight. You know, defense was good. Rebounding was good. We were getting up and down the floor. We were hitting threes. We were getting to the free throw line. It, you know, like across the board, I can't even think of a thing I would say, wow, we needed to do that a lot better next time. And so because of that, I think it makes everything kind of amplified how good we looked. Ultimately, to run, I've said this a couple times over the last week, is to run, you have to be able to get stops. You either have to force turnovers or get stops resulting in a rebound. If you're taking the ball out of the net, it is extremely hard to run. And we did that tonight over and over and over and over, forcing turnovers, rebounding, and then we can go. But if you don't get that stop, you cannot go. I think the most useless stat in the NBA is single game box plus minus. But it does help you find some context and what the game looked like from individual offensive, defensive standpoints. There's not a single player on the Atlanta Hawks with a positive plus minus tonight, not one single player and every single Miami heat player is a positive. Not only were guys really contributing offensively, but there was a level of intensity that we're seeing again, preseason point of emphasis, but there's a level of intensity that everyone is showing you out there on the floor defensively. And that speaks exactly to what you're talking about. They're going to fight. It looks like on both ends all season. If, if you have the box score pulled up, what, what did it end up being like with the rebounding numbers? Bam led the, led the unit with five rebounds, but Omer, uh, actually came out at the game's high with eight tonight. The glass, 40, 44 rebounds to 33 from Atlanta. Do we have less turnovers? I'm assuming. More, 18 to 16. Okay, but close. close. What about free throws? We got more free throws than them? I know we made Same, more 20, 24. So we both you shot know, 24 three throws, but the opportunities obviously from the rebound advantage really gave us that sure, lead. Sure, sure, sure. So yeah, I mean that's that's ultimately the story of the game, and and you'll you'll start to see as we get into the regular season and things are a little bit more, the the data is a little bit more juicier. The two on, you know, right now we're kind of like scraping for just trying to get a picture, and it could be completely different the next game. But you know, I I think you start to see sort of key areas like we knew. In certain seasons, when he, when we got out rebounded, we were in trouble. Or when the turnover numbers were high early in the season, we were in trouble. And, and I think we're going to start to identify some of those key markers that you know aren't unique just to the Heat, but maybe just unique to this team and what makes us go. Yeah, look, if Atlanta hits more of their three points, where this is a tighter game. I mean, they shot 23% for the game compared to our 50%, which is an incredible number as a team. But if they hit around 40% of those shots, this game's closer, and that rebounding number really matters. 
again, this speaks to the diversity the team has and how many ways we can impact the game to affect winning. Whereas like last year, it really felt like if we weren't hitting threes, the team had no path to victory. And, you know, just kind of reversing this now, what did you think? I mean, Caleb Martin was the guy that kind of unexpectedly stood out to a lot of people. What did you see from him? So I actually really like what he's going to impact on the wing for us. Um, he, he's a, a great cutter, but he's actually like, he's a stout defender for his size. Um, and he makes that extra pass. Caleb's stat line was 19 minutes, four, a 10, one, a three from the three point line two a three, uh, two rebounds, three assists, one steal, three blocks. And you sure felt those three blocks, man. He's athletic. Yeah, I mean, obviously his his role, if he's going to have a role, is going to be very short minutes, you know, limited minutes here and there and in different quarters, different situations. What I saw from him that that I liked was honestly just the the energy and motor that he had. Mm-hmm. And I think to play that type of role, you have to have that type of, you know, I'm going to come in and I'm just going to play as hard as I possibly can. I don't really have to worry about fouls. I don't really have to worry about you know, getting my own stuff up, I'm really playing off of the other guys. And, and he seems to be able to do that. You know, being a little bit older for a two-way type of guy, um, I, I think his experience helps out. Like you said, his athleticism. When he was on defense, I was watching him away from the ball. He never stopped moving. His feet were moving. His hands were moving. His body's moving. You can't hear what he's saying, but I'm assuming he's such a good defender that he's talking. You know, that's the type of guy that's going to fit into this system. It And – there's so much is helped by that point of attack. Like when Caleb came in, Lowry also came off the bench and was playing a little bit too. And when that, when that point guard can get into the face of the offense, it allows people to roam those passing lanes a little bit more guys like Caleb, who are good swing men defenders. They're stealing that ball a lot more. Um, I think it's noteworthy to say one more thing before we go. Uh, Omar's footwork or I actually should say his name right. Omer's footwork looked a lot better this game, especially when tracking the ball on rebounds. Like he was, he was able to box out really effectively. Atlanta's second unit isn't as tall. He was getting easy rebounds, but it's just nice to see him moving his feet a little better. Yeah, I mean, those guys that are, are brand new, this is another step up from Summer League. Um, it's definitely not the NBA, you know, regular season or playoffs yet, but it's going to take them some time. They're going to have to adjust. And, um, you know, he, he stood out in a way at the end. He was he was big and, um, you know, he didn't necessarily dominate like he did in Vegas or anything like that. No. But, you know, that's, that's, that's hopefully in the future coming up. Um, what about Tyler, though? I know, you know, before we close out, we can't, I don't think we can go through this whole thing and not talk. I guess that's blasphemous, right? I (laughs) did not speak on Tyler. Um, uh, He looks fluid with the ball. That was the very first thing that, that I saw where sometimes his handle, I looked a little high. uh, It looked a a little reckless when he would, he would start dribbling, but he's coming across half court uh, heads up, reading the defense, kind of planning out how he's going to get to his spot. It, It looked like he was attacking. The defense getting to his spots. He wasn't waiting for things to develop. He was initiating. And I, I think that's the best thing that we could have hoped for from him. The floater game 
looks even better when he's creating in space uh, as opposed to last year where he just kind of lucked into some shots. He's competing on defense. I Man, I love him. Yeah, I, I think that was probably the thing that stood out the most is that you didn't notice him getting beat up on defense, getting beat off the dribble, getting you know, kind of overpowered uh, people using their body against them, things like that. And offensively, as you mentioned, like he was decisive. He got to his spots uh, early on. It was a lot of mid range. It was a lot of like that short mid into a floater. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think maybe the game can, can be slowing down for him. You know, mm. I, I think we talked about that when we were, you know, picking apart different things we wanted you know, after the season, people to improve on. And, and, you know, I remember I talked about, I wanted Tyler to go to summer league to get experience and and get more reps. And, you know, when the game starts to slow down for really good players, like a Tyler hero, or, you know, like, you know, guys above his, his level, you know, those elite guys, everybody else is playing at a faster speed. You're playing slow and it's easier for you to see where you want to go, what's going to happen. And if that's happening for him at age 21, then we have a really good player. Now it's one preseason game. It's not the speed of the NBA, but Tyler's been in there in those big moments. And I, I think it, it, the, the having the guys around him, those high basketball IQ type guys, it's only going to help him. I think putting the ball in his hands, you know, he was a kind of a failed experiment as a true point guard last year, but he's not necessarily playing point guard. There's a lot of guys handling. There's a lot of guys making decisions. Mm-hmm. He's getting to attack off of like second side actions and things like that. So, you know, if you were going to ask for anything from Tyler in the first preseason game after last season, I don't know what else you could have asked for. I, yeah, I just he was so impressive. It really makes me question where where he's going to fit in the offense during the regular season because he had a lot of success when PJ was stacked in that corner. Um, apparently, the NBA really, really is threatened by PJ Tucker because. They, they he had a lot of space to operate from that left high post all the way down to the rim uh, until someone picked him up. And if he has that all year, because defenders are going to stick on PJ instead of helping off to Tyler, that floater is going to be a super useful tool for him. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, obviously people will adjust and see, you know, not just with Tyler, but other players that expanded their game this summer and they adjust their scouting reports and just the way they play people. But you know, early signs are definitely good for Tyler and, and we'll see, I think he remains in the six man role, but you know, it's definitely possible that he could, he can jump into the starting lineup if, if he's playing well enough, or if people are out, people are struggling. It's definitely something that's definitely possible. Well, there's only one thing that we know for sure. One preseason game doesn't tell us Jack squat. We don't know nothing. We don't know nothing about lineups. We don't know nothing about what the players look like, but it's a hell of a great first sign, Sean. Yeah, definitely exciting. Regardless, it was fun to watch eat basketball. It was fun to talk basketball with, you know, like our crew, the group chat, people like that, Um, you know, after somewhat of a struggling, uh, you know, Miami Dolphins and Hurricanes and your Seminoles. It's it's definitely fun to see. So exciting. I didn't, man, had to take a closing shot, brother. Had to. We got a win last week. Miami Heat got a win today. On to preseason game number two. Thank you guys for rocking with us.